Thanks for tuning in. I'm Shelby. And I sound like shit. (laughs) And that's Renee. She might not be able to talk very well today. I hope everyone had a very lit Halloween, because Renee sure did. I sure did. But you're listening to The Creepy Burrito. Today, we are going to be talking about one of the most notorious mysteries in American history, the Lost Colony of Roanoke. Has all the evidence been washed away by the crashing tides of time, or has the answer been clear as day, but we choose to ignore it? Today, we will explore the possibilities of the unknown, what happened on the island of Roanoke, and its inhabitants. But before we get started today, I have a sweet-ass review. Ray Lee said, I wasn't one for following podcasts, but getting lost in the sauce every Wednesday is something I look forward to. Rock on emoji. Heart emoji. Heart emoji. Heart emoji. Heart emoji. Hell yeah, Ray. Hell yeah, Ray. I'm glad you look forward to getting lost in our sauce, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. (laughs) My voice sucks. It's so good. I love it. It's bad. Sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. I went way too hard. So hard. Well, thank you, Ray. We five black heart emoji you, mm. two burritos, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ten rock-ons. Mm. So don't forget to be like Ray and leave us some sweet-ass reviews. We love them. And we love you. So, back to the Lost Colony of Roanoke. In 1578, Queen Elizabeth I gave a charter to Sir Humphrey Gilbert to explore and colonize territories unclaimed by Christian kingdoms, basically giving him the rights to what is considered the New World, which was north of Spanish Florida, which would be the Western Hemisphere, specifically the Americas, north of Spanish Florida, which is current-day southern United States. After Sir Humphrey Gilbert's death in 1583, the Queen divided the charter between his brother Adrian Gilbert and his half-brother Walter Raleigh. Adrian Gilbert would take the Newfoundland, a.k.a. Canada, in hopes of finding a northwest passage to Asia, while Sir Walter would take the lands to the south, even though a majority of the land was already claimed by Spain. This charter did have a time limit on it, so Sir Walter Raleigh had to establish a colony by 1591, or he would lose his right to colonization. The overall goal was to find land that would be a base for England to raid Spanish treasure fleets. And I'm going to take a second here to spill some historical tea. Okay. So, Sir Walter Raleigh was awarded these lands, but the queen forbid him to leave her side. He was described as tall and handsome, an explorer, soldier, and writer. And he quickly rose in the queen's court and became one of her favorites. There was a well-known tale of him simping for the queen, that he would lay down his fine, expensive cloak over a puddle so that the queen can keep her feet dry. And she also rewarded him with a large estate in Ireland, monopolies, trade privileges, knightlyhood, and now the right to colonize in the New World. 
Since she forbid him to leave her service, he had set out associates and oversaw the operations from London. Everything was smooth sailing until he impregnated and secretly married one of the Queen's maids of honor, Elizabeth Bess Thockmorton, in 1592. This really fucking pissed off the Queen. Oh, oh boy. So she dismissed Bess, and both were imprisoned in the Tower of London. Oh. Some speculate that it was jealousy and that she was in love with Walter. But others say that there's nothing to support those claims, and she was merely pissed that her maid of honor was a hussy and was <laughs> destroying her virgin image. After he was released, he did try to suck up to the queen to get back into her good graces and was writing her poems. And in one, he described her as walking like Venus, the gentle wind blowing her fair hair about her pure cheeks like a nymph. He <laughs> What a fuck boy. <laughs> what a fuck boy. <laughs> He did stay in the queen's favor until her death, but her successor, King James, did not have the same liking for Sir Walter Raleigh and was eventually beheaded. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I just like the uh, little bit of tea there. The royalty. Mm-hmm. The royalty. L-O-L, because royalty, royal <laughs> tea. Sip, sip. Sip, sip. But anyways, back before... The motherfucking tea, and he was beheaded. <laughs> Sir Walter quickly got a crew together to explore his claim. They set sail from England on April 27th of 1584, and on this voyage, scouting out for a viable place to colonize and raid Spanish fleets. They landed on Roanoke Island and established the first Roanoke colony, established by Ralph Lane. Initially, they established good relations with the Croatans, the Native Americans that were living on the land, and brought two Croatans back to England with them so that they could explain how to live on the island. Armed with this new information, Walter organized a second expedition, which ended up being a disaster, having lost a large amount of their food and supplies when their large ship was damaged throughout travel. So they had to heavily rely on their Native American neighbors, There were tensions rising between English colonists and the Native American tribes in the area because they were angry that the English were exploiting the land and the resources, not to mention there was this whole entire incident with a silver cup being reported missing. Believing that it was stolen, they demanded it to be returned, but whenever the local tribes didn't produce the missing cup, the English felt it was an act of defiance and burnt down their entire town and crops. Oh my god. Yeah, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Jesus. Legit, real thing, do not do it. (laughs) Their relations with the Secotin colony were probably the most crucial for their survival and also the most strained. Ralph Lane had promised them that English fleets would be coming with supplies and also told them of secrets of finding fine golds and metals and that they would become great kings. But words can only hold for so long before it seemed like empty promises. Growing tired of being used, the tribe had plans to leave them on the island and leave the colony basically to starve. When the tribe leader that was in favor of the English had passed away, the power shifted and the relationship with the colony finally took for a pretty dark turn. The English had taken in two tribe leaders as hostages, and when the surrounding tribes had got together to ambush the colony, they killed both of the hostages. So that pretty much led to an evacuation of Roanoke at that point, because they hit oh shit stage. Yeah. We need to get the fuck out of here. We do, uh... It's a little bit too hostile, mm. even though we did this to ourselves. Even though like we're the fucking ones that caused this, but... 
When they evacuated, many of the expedition did return to England. Only a small group of 15 men remained behind to protect the fort and Walter's claim to Roanoke Island. In 1587, Walter sent a third and final expedition, making his friend John White leader and governor of the colony. This third voyage, it was a little bit different than the first two because it included women and children, which indicated that it was meant to settle in the land, not just as a working base. So when John White and his group arrived, all they found was previous small group of 15 people, so it was pretty skeleton crew. John White tried to reestablish good relations with the Croatan in the area, but some Native Americans that the previous travelers struggled with refused to meet with them. John White returned to England in late 1587 and planned to return with more supplies, but the Spanish Armada's assault on England in 1588 delayed his return back to Roanoke. The ensuing war between Spain and England made it difficult for White to go back to Roanoke. He couldn't gather supplies or book passage back to the colony for three years. He finally returned to Roanoke on August 18th of 1590. Roanoke was completely deserted. There was no one there and not a sign of struggle, battle, or any foul play. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The only clues that were left that gave a hint to the fate of the colonists in Roanoke was the word Croatan carved in the fence post and the letters C-R-O carved into a tree. All of the buildings had been disassembled, so the people had not been forced to leave in a hurry. The colonists were instructed to carve a Maltese cross in a tree if they were compelled to leave against their will, so like if they were being forced out, but there was no Maltese cross found at the site. John White assumed that the colonists had moved to nearby Croatan Island, but bad weather prevented him and his men to go back and look for them. Since his men wouldn't go with him to look for the missing colonists at the nearby island, they left the next day. Since the colonists disappeared in 1590, there have been investigations into what happened at Roanoke. In 1602, Sir Walter Raleigh decided to find out what happened for himself. He hired his own ship and paid his sailors' wages so that they would focus on the mission. They reached Virginia, but a severe storm forced them to go back to England before they were able to reach Roanoke Island. And whenever Sir Walter arrived back to England, he was arrested for treason before he could organize any more missions back to Roanoke. In 1603, another fact-finding mission to Roanoke led by Bartholomew Gilbert ended in disaster. A storm blew the expedition off course, and the team that went ashore was attacked and killed by Native Americans. The remaining crew returned to England without having any newfound information on the colonists of Roanoke. It seemed that they would never find the answers of what happened to the lost colony of Roanoke. Over the years, there's been many theories and different hypotheses to try to explain what happened to this colony. Where did they go? Right. Why is there no evidence showing what happened to them? It's probably Cotton Eye Joe. Probably. Where did he come from? <laughs> where did he go? Let's start digging into these theories, Let's guys. Go. One of the most popular theories is that the colonists left Roanoke and assimilated into nearby Native American tribes since at least mm, around like 1605 in search of shelter and food. There were multiple documented sightings of Europeans and their cultural influences over the years speculated that they were the lost colony or some of their descendants. There was a settler named Francis Nelson from Jamestown that made what was called the Zuniga map in 1607, 
It documented four men that came from Roanoke and had been living among the Iroquois tribe. Throughout the early 1600s to the 1700s, European colonists claimed to have met Indians that possessed European traits, such as having blue or gray eyes, blonde hair, and Indians who actually even claimed to be descendants of white settlers. Different tribes seen living in two-story stone houses that English showed them how to build. The main theory is that settlers of Roanoke moved to Croatoan Island, joined with the Native Americans living there. Which would make sense since the Croatoan Island is located just south of Roanoke Island, so it's close enough for them to be able to make that travel. The English colonists and the Croatoan Indians did have good relations and would explain the tree message that was left that legit said Croatoan on it. Right. But if everyone is looking for them, why wouldn't they just join back into another English colony when they started popping up in the area? Some believe after giving up their European culture, such as their language, clothing, agriculture... Once they transitioned into a different way of living, they may not have wanted to go back to a European society or if they were trying to have religious freedom because that's why English colonists were coming over anyways was to separate. Or there's a less likely twist to integration with these local tribes that's a little bit less Disney happy ending that the people of Roanoke were taken in as slaves. Right. The Secretary of Jamestown, Virginia, actually claimed in 1612 that he saw Europeans. There was four men, two boys, and one girl that were living with a tribe as slaves and Mm -hmm. that they were forced to beat copper. There's no evidence that these Europeans were descendants of Roanoke settlers, but But it is coincidental. Little convenient. Also, too, that would make sense that they would, like, take them in as, like, hostage slash slaves Mm -hmm. to, like help them do shit, you know? And with the development of technology, there is still continued efforts to try to link potential Native American descendants and colonists through DNA testing. Since 2005, computer scientist Roberta Estates founded the Roanoke DNA Project using her private DNA testing company to try to prove this theory. Examining autosomal DNA for this purpose is unreliable since there would be such little of the colonist genetic material that would remain after five or six (laughs) generations. However, testing of Y chromosomes and mitochondrial DNA, there's more reliable over large spans of time. But the main challenge of this work is to obtain a genetic point of comparison, either from a lost colonist or one of their descendants. While it's conceivable that the sequence of DNA over 430-year-old bones, but they don't even have any bones Mm -hmm. of a a lost colonist to work with. Even after years of extensive research, historical records, migration patterns, or oral histories that have been passed down, as of 2019, the project has yet to identify any living descendants. Nor will I think they probably ever will. Yeah. Moving on to... The next theory, were these colonists attacked? A historian came to the conclusion that the settlers tried to relocate to their original destination in the Chesapeake Bay, that they would use a pinnace, which was a smaller vessel. (laughs) It sounds like penis. (laughs) I'm a 13-year-old boy. (laughs) It's a pinnace. Anyways, they would use a pinnace, which was a smaller vessel that was usually accompanied by, like, larger ships and a fleet. 
so they would use this to make their way to their new home. In 1602, Captain Samuel Mays was sent by orders of Sir Walter to search for any trace of the Roanoke colony. On this voyage, it was suggested that he ventured into the Chesapeake Bay and kidnapped Powhatans to bring back to England for interrogation. A few years later, in 1607, following the establishment of Jamestown, Captain John Smith was captured by the Powhatan. And this might start to sound a bit familiar. In one account, Smith claimed that the Powhatan threatened to kill him, but then decided not only to spare him, but also begin trade with the English. Later, Smith claimed that the Powhatan's daughter Pocahontas intervened to rescue him, but scholars consider this pretty unlikely since Pocahontas, by historical accounts, would have been between the ages of 8 and 11 at the time, when he was almost 30. He was like 27. Right. The leaders likely just viewed John Smith as a leader of the Englishmen and treated them as a, a tribe in the area for trade and looking for alliance. Some accounts state that John claimed that Chief Powhatan told him that he had killed the people of the colony to retaliate against them for living with another tribe that refused to ally with him, or for these speculative kidnappings by the Samuel Mace voyage. Allegedly, Powhatan showed Smith items that he took from Roanoke to support his story, including a musket barrel and a brass mortar and pestle. By 1609, the story reached England, and King James and the Royal Council blamed Powhatan for the missing colonists. Powhatan claimed that he ordered the killings because there was a prophecy that he would be conquered and overthrown by people from that area. Historians and anthropologists alike dispute this theory because there was never any bodies found or any archaeological evidence found to support that there was an attack in the area. Because mm-hmm. they would have seen weapons, and it doesn't make sense that everything was dismantled. Right. Like, why would they, if they were being attacked, why would they have time to, to dismantle, dismantle everything? There right. wouldn't be... And carve on a tree. Yeah, there wouldn't be... There would be weapons found. There would be bodies found. There would be... Some sort of scuffle of something. Or everything would be burnt down. Like, they wouldn't care to, like, nicely tidy up your shit. Right. Yeah. Or dispose of your bodies. Like, they don't care. No. If they're there to attack you. And besides this Powhatan attack, there's also the possibilities of a Spanish attack. England and Spain, they were in the middle of a war when the people of Roanoke had disappeared. When the Spanish Armada attacked England in 1588... John White was in England trying to organize supplies and find a way back to the colony. All the country's available ships were commandeered to fight the Spanish, and the war with Spain delayed John White's return to the colony with supplies for another three years. Spanish troops were present in Florida already, and the colonization in America is the reason that Spain and England were at war in the first place. The Spanish were known to attack European settlers and tried to colonize in the south throughout the 16th century, But this theory has its own flaws. As we said for other attacks, there would have been bodies found. And not to mention, the Spanish were still looking for Roanoke in 1600. Right. And that's years after the colony had disappeared. So why would they be looking for it if they they knew where it was and attacked it? It doesn't make sense. If anything, the buildings and forts and everything being dismantled, that would indicate an evacuation instead of any sort of attack. Right. So if they did evacuate, where did they go? There is a local legend in Dare County that referred to an abandoned settlement called Beachland. The area has had reports of small coffins, some with Christian markings, 
and you could speculate that this could be linked to the Lost Colony. Based on this legend, engineer Philip McMullen and amateur archaeologist Fred Willard concluded that Sir Walter dispatched the 1587 colonists to harvest sassafras along the Alligator River. To throw off Spanish operatives, they falsified records with plans to travel to the Chesapeake Bay and that England lost contact with them. According to this theory, Sir Walter was secretly still in contact with the colony and that the secret of Roanoke colonists was buried with him when he died in 1618. After his passing, the colonists would just simply move on with living their lives and assimilate into the area. There's no hard evidence that supports this theory, besides a map that depicts a sassafras tree near the Alligator River and what has been told in local legends about Beachland. Another evacuation theory would be, what if they decided to go back to England? If the colony felt threatened being left defenseless with tensions high, either with the Native American tribes in the area or Spain expanding their influence, lacking resources, possible diseases, they could have decided to abandon ship themselves and try to hightail back to England. And then just died along the way. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. They could have just used the pinnace, the smaller boat. And since this was a smaller ship, and it was typically accompanied by larger ships, traveling alone would have been very risky. They could have easily been lost at sea, mm -hmm. having no evidence left of the bodies or their ship. It could have just been completely demolished. And being on a smaller ship alone, that would also make them an easier target for Spanish to attack if they did come across them. And this ship, it would not have been large enough to carry all of the colonists back. Some of them may have had skills to construct another seaworthy boat, but it's unlikely that it would support transporting all of them on a transatlantic voyage back to England, leaving some in Virginia. So what happened to those left behind? Or did they just try to push the limits and ultimately lead to their demise if they tried to get everybody back? Moving on to our next theory, a good old-fashioned deadly epidemic. You know, they went into Walmart without their masks on or using a shit ton of hand sanitizer <laughs> and they weren't making sure to keep six feet apart. You know. You know. Normal colonist stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But with a deadly epidemic, possibly influenza or smallpox being exposed to a new world disease that they never exposed to before, and simply being unable to fight it off. Those infected could have experienced symptoms of delirium, paranoia, or madness. Maybe the remaining healthy fled or went out to seek some sort of cure. But still, what would have happened to all of the bodies of those that were sick? Because there was no evidence of like mass burials or like a burn site with bodies in it. They right. still would have found some sort of like bones evidence. if there was people that were sick, unless they took the sick with them. Who knows? Only the people of Roanoke know. Only the people of Roanoke. And the aliens. And we're going to start getting into some of my more favorite theories. What if they had to resort to some form of cannibalism? Either they fell victim to cannibals or they had to resort to it to stay alive. With tensions high, winter cold, and unforgiving, better eat your problems than have to deal with them intruding on your lands or taking your crops. I mean, bodies were never found. Bones could have been used as remedies for healing, grinding them into power, or as tools, weapons, basically anything for DIY projects, you know. 
Martha Stewart. And they had more than enough time to dispose of the bodies. Yeah. On the flip side, the colonists, they were left there with little supplies and no idea when John White would return. Did they have to resort to feeding on their own? Which might not be as far-fetched as it sounds. In 1609, in the settlement of Jamestown, Virginia, they had to do just that to get through the winter. They had started eating their horses, cats, dogs, and eventually led to eating their own people. In particular, there was the remains of a 14-year-old girl. Her bones were found buried with a mix of other animal bones. Her skull had signs that it was cracked open, and it appears that her brain, tongue, and cheeks, and leg muscles were eaten. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Huh. But a girl's gotta eat. <laughs> a girl's gotta eat. And that kind of leads you into the theory of the Wendigo. And the legend of the Wendigo varies, whether it was humans overpowered by greed to take over the lands or resorting to eating human flesh, either could invoke their bodies being taken over by a Wendigo. And if you want to hear more more tales about the Wendigo, go back and listen to our Helltown episode, because I talked a little bit about the Wendigos in that episode, but we may or may not be covering an a episode. Full in depth episode on the Wendigo. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. On to our next theory, which is a little bit involved, a little bit outlandish, but it starts off with some evidence. From 1937 to 1940, there were a series of stones that were discovered. They were supposedly inscribed with the story of what happened to the colonists. Written by Eleanor White Dare as an update on the state of the colony to her father, John White, upon his return. Most historians consider the Dare Stones as a hoax, but some believe that the first stone found in 1937 by the bank of Chowan River, North Carolina, is genuine due to the linguistic and chemical analysis of it. One side of the stone reads, Annie Astaire and Virginia went to heaven, 1951. Any Englishman show this rock to John White, governor of Virginia. The other side elaborates, Father, soon after you go for England, we came here. Only misery and war for two years. Above half dead these two years, more from sickness being 24. A savage with a message of a ship came to us. Within a small space of time, they became frightened of revenge and all ran away. We believe it was not you. Soon after, the savages said spirits were angry. Suddenly, they murdered all save seven. My child and Annius, too, were slain with such misery. Buried all near four miles east of this river, upon a small hill. Names were all written there on a rock. Put this there also. If a savage shows this to you, we promised you would give them a great plenty presence. EWD. EWD stands for Eleanor White there. In case we didn't put that together. (laughs) And this would align with a commonly believed theory at the time, that the colony was slaughtered by Powhatan tribe to prevent a prophecy that a nation would one day arise from the Chesapeake Bay to threaten his tribe. When the news of this first stone came out, they started looking for more to solidify the legitimacy of the first stone. And after a reward was put out is when people started magically finding these other stones. Mm -hmm. The other stones found all had different writing styles, A stone dated from 1592 claims that the survivors of Roanoke were safe and living with a tribe in Georgia. Another, dated 1598, claims that Eleanor Dare married a local chief. 
Another stone claimed that she had given birth to the chief's daughter and the tribe was angry about it and that Eleanor requested that her father bring the girl back to England with him. A stone dated from 1599 stated that Eleanor Dare had died and that she had a daughter named Agnes that survived her. There were 48 stones in total and the remaining 47 were discredited. Only the first remains a mystery if it was legitimate. And moving on to our final theories. As always, when there's no one else to blame, you just give up on finding a logical answer, and you gotta look towards witches and aliens. There are two theories involving witchcraft, uh, that the Croatan either executed the colonists as witches, or that the colonists were victims of witches who live in the North Carolina woods. The Croatans believed that witches were people that used black magic to commit evil acts in everyday life, so I would probably conclude with all of the burdens and diseases that happened whenever the colonists came into their lives, that would be considered an evil act. Mm -hmm. There were legends of witches who lurk in the dense North Carolina woods. Did the people of Roanoke fall victim to their black magic after leaving the island? And, as always, there are always the tinfoil hat people. I really couldn't find any reasoning behind it, just like aliens. Just a full colony alien abduction. The reasoning, I, I still have no fucking idea. Just yeah, fucking, you know. I just. Just aliens. For study. That's it. That's it. I mean, we haven't really seen anything about aliens doing like a full. Colony? Colony abduction, besides from like question mark Mayans. Mm-hmm. But still. I like the tinfoil. I'm not one to judge because I like to think everything's aliens, so. I like the tinfoil had everything, but, um, no. I don't know. Not on this one. I don't think so. There's definitely more logical answers. Answers before witches and aliens. Yeah. I would agree. But that is everything I have on Roanoke for you. So wait. You're telling me that you don't know what happened to the lost colony of Roanoke. I sure do not. Then what did I turn into this episode for? <laughs> I don't I don't even know. This episode of Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> what happened to Roanoke? No one knows. The end. They all were diseased. They all ate each other and then they were bewitched by witches. That's it. And then abducted by aliens. They were diseased cannibals that got abducted by aliens and cursed by witches. Yes. I think that's most that's logical what I'm getting answer. from this episode. After they decorated stones. Yeah, they um, drew on a bunch of stones, tossed them in the lake. Step one. <laughs> Step one. Step two, get a deadly disease. Step three, make sure you write us a sweet-ass review. You can do so <laughs> on iTunes, Facebook, Podchaser, Stitcher. On a rock. Cast box. On a rock. <laughs> Throw it in a river. Maybe somebody 200 years later will find it. If you know what happened to the lost colony of Roanoke, send us an email at thecreepyburrito at gmail.com. And you can always look at our funny fucking memes on Instagram and Facebook. Maybe Twitter someday. We're a little bit late there. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen at this point. No. If you guys want us to tweet, email us and let us us know. (laughs) Our Twitter is much like the Lost Colony of Roanoke. It's just lost out there. No one knows what happened to it. (laughs) We don't know. 
No one really went looking for it for a long ass time. We didn't even go look for it. No, it's just assimilated into Twitter. We might have purposely lost it. <laughs> and on that note, a bye bye now. Bye bye. Goodbye. Back in my day. <laughs> oh my god, that one incapacitated me. <laughs> Are you good? Because I'm not. Did you replay? I did. Back that thing up.